0: Point eight to ten pm turning conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM.
1: We are joined for another twenty minutes with ophthalmologist in private practice, health activist, and as we had him before, a harm reduction advocate. Of course I'm talking about Dr. Jose Letlapindate. Good evening. Well, sir, how do you do? I'm fine. Amago. evening to the World No Tobacco Day, 31 May. Tell us more.
0: Well, this is a day where people are encouraged to be informed about the harms associated with tobacco, in particular combustible cigarettes. Uh, and uh, this is when society should also engage to encourage those that smoke to quit and if they can't quit to switch to less harmful products. So we need to be reminded that tobacco is a natural product and people that take tobacco take it for the nicotine that they are addicted to but unfortunately the tar
1: is what kills
0: them. It produces a lot of chemicals some of which are carcinogenic. We know that combustible cigarettes are the only product that will kill one in two of its users in their lifetime.
1: That's quite a high mortality rate, isn't it? Yes. Now, you are a harm reduction advocate and, and and specifically you are targeting those persons who want to feel, and I don't want to use your words against you or misinterpret your words, how in the context of World No Tobacco Day do you still advocate for those persons who want that nicotine but unfortunately for reasons of health need to yet contemplate the effects among others of tar? Where does then the work of harm reduction advocates fit in?
0: The work of harm reduction fits in recognizing that despite all of us knowing of the harms that combustible cigarettes can and will do, we still have more than a billion smokers on the planet, some estimated to be close to 1.3 billion. And when I speak to people that smoke, they fully understand the fact that this is harmful to their health in the long run. But they are addicted, they can't quit uh, because of the addictive nature of combustible tobacco or nicotine, which is what they are really addicted to. And fortunately, in this modern era now, this being 2020, there are alternatives. Just to remember something a like that, there's a physician called Michael Russell, he was in the UK who basically in 1976 came up with the expression that smokers smoke for the nicotine and they die from the tar. And you'll see that since that period in health circles, there's been products that have been developed that are available through the health services called nicotine replacement therapies. So we recognize that because they can't quit, we must give them something less harmful. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: nicotine replacement therapy is available in the form of tablets, in the form of patches, gums, nasal sprays, and it's produced by pharmaceutical companies. This is really no different from what we do with people that are addicted to heroin or people that are Nyaope addicts, where we know that they have the craving. We give them something that is less harmful to win them off we give them methadone, which is a less harmful narcotic. to Win them off the more harmful heroin or cocaine when you're open. So harm reduction is something that, we do quite, that we've done quite often. You know, when people, during the heights of HIV and AIDS, mm. when we knew that drug addicts would share the virus through sharing needles, needle exchange programs were offered, where people were offered clean needles. We cannot bury our heads in the sand when there's a problem and say to people, quit or die. The quit or die approach is not a health approach. It's a moral approach. We don't run churches. We're not moralists. We're just physicians. And our duty is to help our patients the best way we can
1: let's hope those who are in this boat however they think they are in the boat will do indeed call us on johannesburg 7142006 more than outing anyone in particular but i think we can share some stories as to the struggles of quitting or the ease of quitting that said those who find themselves struggling with certain addictions to which the harm reduction advocate here, Dr. Khosile Tlapper, is speaking to. We really would like to have a conversation with smokers or former smokers or those who are looking forward to being of age so that they can buy their cigarettes over the counter and look good and cool. Quickly, I want to engage the question of substitutability between a cigarette and an e-cigarette. There is a view, precisely because it's not even regulated by the tobacco product's Control Act that e-cigarettes cannot and should not be classified as cigarettes. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think what people need to understand from a harm reduction perspective the greatest problem is combusting the tobacco. So all non-combustible alternatives of getting your nicotine have been proven scientifically to be less harmful and combustible tobacco. There's huge epidemiological evidence that has even been published by the WHO. The WHO itself has said that nicotine is not a carcinogen. So that is something that is well known. Now, the issue of classification, the issue of e-cigarettes is not a tobacco, etc., etc., that is not a domain I want to get lost in. All we know from the science, all we have done is to advocate for nicotine replacement therapy, cessation clinics, cessation assistance, assist people so that they can quit the most harmful way of getting their nicotine, which is combustible cigarettes. Now, the issue of classification, fortunately, there are a whole range of products You know, the latest product is nicotine in a pouch. I mean, we as doctors will give you nicotine replacement therapy. But now, you can get pharmaceutical-grade nicotine in a pouch that you put in your gut. Now, coming back to the question about e cigarettes it's one of the forms of getting your nicotine in a non-combustible format. And that has been proven to be less harmful. Just imagine what is being done in the UK where e-cigarettes can be offered in the cessation clinics. The physicians in the UK have been empowered by their government to be able to give their patients that have difficulty quitting combustible cigarettes with a known method to be offered e-cigarettes as a way of quitting combustibles so they switch to a less harmful way of getting their nicotine i don't want to be bogged down about or oh, it's nicotine it's not tobacco we can't have legislation for each category product that comes along mm-hmm. but what we need to do in our new legislative framework is to understand and be able to differentiate the different products that deliver nicotine to users and be able to talk about the degree of harm so that they are classified relative to their harmfulness and the reference point will always be a combustible cigarette which is a quick cheap and effective way of delivering your nicotine but it is also the most harmful way. So yeah. what we hope will happen, and you know, we're fortunate that since our bill has been put up for publication, we've had this pandemic called COVID. Mm. And all of us are now focused on making decisions based on science, based on evidence, not on Populism or opinion?
1: The status I don't the that your So, yeah
0: these cigarettes are one of the alternatives of non-combustible source of nicotine. There are other products, it's not banned. In Sweden, they have tobacco that is put into a sachet called snus, so you do not combust it, but it's tobacco. Back home, you have snuff is non-combustible tobacco. It has its own health issues, but it is less harmful in certain respects than combustible cigarettes.
1: Hmm. There is the bill that is out. What then do we make of this bill? Does it then go a step further in addressing the harm from a harm reduction perspective? Does it put sufficient safeguards as to all of these alternatives that are available there? that they will not do some form of effect one way or the other just using a different form in other words whilst non whilst being non-combustible will they not risk potentially anyway a harm of a different kind which harm in general is being done away with through the bill itself that's the control of tobacco products and electronic nicotine delivery systems bill you know
0: i i think in a perfect world would be looking for something that is harmless. And the key issue is harm reduction. Nobody is saying they are harmless. But science has proven that they are less harmful than combustible cigarettes. Public Health England published a report that said they are 95% less harmful than combustible cigarettes. They're still the 5% that we do not know about that we move forward with. Let me give you a pertinent example mm-hmm. in relation to the pandemic. The president yesterday was announcing uh, our vaccine program that going forward we'll be getting just over 600,000 doses of vaccines per week to give to the population. No one says vaccines are harmless. But when you compare What we can get by vaccinating the population to what the COVID-19 virus does on its own, there's less harm by providing the vaccines. You've heard of reports of clotting and some people that die. So it is not like vaccines are harmless, but they reduce harm. They are less harmful than the disease itself. As a health worker facing the front, I've had my vaccine. And I never took the vaccine on the basis that it is harmless. I took the vaccine because it reduces harm. It would be a way of being better protected as we work in an environment facing patients. Now, people have to clearly understand that. But nobody says, these things are harmless. We are saying they are less harmful than combustible cigarettes. And we need to ensure that we don't get into an atmosphere where we people become pontificate around this less harmful product and end up the only thing available for our people is combustible cigarettes, which are the most harmful way of getting the nicotine. That would be a shame if we got ourselves to that state. What we need to do is to make sure that these products are properly regulated. Remember when you're talking about e-cigarettes, there's an electronic device that is involved. There's liquid nicotine that is involved. Nicotine comes in different concentrations. We need to ensure that it is in containers that are child-proof. We need to ensure that there's a regulatory framework about the limit of the concentration of nicotine that you should have. We need to ensure that the electronic devices are of an approved standard. They meet electronic standards and they are safe electronic devices. So regulation is important so that we can protect the public. And remember this, uh, Thomas, mm. we should not make the mistake of banning anything because when you ban something you drive it underground you are criminalizing that activity and you are disabling yourself from regulating and ensuring this public safety We should move about- away from running a non state. but what is critical is people need to be given all the information so that they can make informed decisions, just like we do with COVID-19, where we provide information, and vaccinating is not compulsory; It's recommended But we give the information and you make an informed choice,
1: an informed
0: decision, because you've been given the information. And there's SAPRA that regulates, that ensures that those vaccines meet the minimum standards of safety and efficacy. But because they are not bent, you can regulate them. You can ensure that they are safe.
1: On that account, let me ask this question because we've had two decades now of some development in the information that the state has at its disposal. 2000 2001 came the official banning of smoking in public areas or there had to be designated smoking areas in public health in, in public facilities we've had the best part now of two decades to monitor how that has lent itself if you will to the harm reduction strategies of the department of health but the national government at large that together with the banning of traditional cigarette advertising What in those two decades then can we learn such as to use, if you like, as a lodestar for the next two decades together with the implementation of this act?
0: You know, those measures were critical and were important. And they've moved most nations. They've halved the prevalence of smoking in some nations. Some nations had a prevalence of smoking of about 50% amongst men in particular, and it's been reduced to below 20%. But most countries in the last 20 years have seen a stagnation where we are not able to drop it further. Now, let me give you an example of what has happened uh, in Japan. In Japan, in the last three to five years, they have allowed a non-combustible product called not bad into their market. And what they have seen, they've seen a tremendous drop in the last four or five years of combustibles. The cigarette market has declined by more than 25% in the last three, four years. The heat not banned products are replacing the combustible. But what they've seen remarkably is that the trend for smoking or the trend for nicotine use is still coming down. So even though they've allowed this non-combustible product in their market, but they have seen it's displaced combustible cigarettes, and the tendency is still on a downward trend. Now, more importantly, there have been studies that have been done by a group in the University of Catalonia in uh, Spain, under the leadership of a professor, Ricardo Poloza, where for the last five years, in people that are suffering from the effects of smoking, that have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, they've had groups where people have continued with their smoking and others that were given e cigarettes. And they've seen massive clinical improvement. In the last three years, they've been able to do the same study with a cohort of people that smoke and people that were given heat-not-burn products. Mm, mm. And they've seen massive clinical improvement in those patients comparing the two. So the science is there about the less harmfulness and the improvement in health. And one of the key issues that we raised in Congress was the issue about, you know, removing combustible cigarettes from public spaces. remember with combustible cigarettes the second has secondhand smoke that causes serious harm innocent bystanders so those measures were important now by not combusting the tobacco you are massively reducing the harmful components of this of the smoke Studies have been done where the carcinogens, as recognized by the WHO and other regulatory authorities, have been massively reduced in non combustible products. To the extent that in the US, two things have happened. One, there's a heat not banned product that has been given the right to claim. Reduced exposure because they've shown scientifically that there's reduced exposure to the known harmful constituents. But more important, in the US, the product from Sweden called SNUS has been allowed to make a reduced risk claim in the US based on science. So all we say is that. What we've learned with COVID, what has come out is that whatever rules we make going forward, they must be informed by science and not religiosity.
1: Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for your time then, Dr. Khosiletlape, ophthalmologist in private practice, health activist, and for the most part, as you have heard, he is a harm reduction advocate talking to us about World No Tobacco Day, but specifically making sure that we understand the effects of smoking in the traditional sense. And it's not about banning smoking per se, but rather taking out the harmful effects of heat, the burning part, the combustion part in cigarettes. The time is 21.38. I am out. We'll have our final date for the week tomorrow. Good night, everybody.